Expert Insights is an ongoing medical education podcast. The Carl Division of Continuing Education designates that each episode of this enduring material is worth a maximum of 0.25 AMA PRA Category 1 credit. To collect credit, please click on the link and complete the episode's post-test. This podcast forum is brought to you to share expertise and insights within our integrated delivery system to help us improve the health of the people we serve and achieve world-class accessible care. This is Expert Insights. Here's your host, Melanie Cole. Welcome. Our topic is updates in trauma surgery, and my guest is Dr. John Kim. He's a trauma and general surgeon at the Carl Foundation Hospital. Dr. Kim, explain a little bit about trauma surgery. What's been the general standard of care? What has been happening in the past 20 years or so? And what do you see that's changing or different now? Uh, trauma care uh, in the United States uh, revolves around uh, getting our critically ill patients to a trauma center uh, located regionally, depending on where you live. We do have a designation as a level one trauma center, which means that we have uh, significant capacity to to treat uh, critically injured patients, whether it be through blunt trauma, uh, penetrating trauma, and those would come in the form of gunshot wounds or stab wounds or motor vehicle collisions. Uh, and uh, we are set in central Illinois, where we have a fairly large catchment area, um, and we provide those services uh, through our level one trauma center uh, to provide the best trauma care that we can here. Currently, we are staffed with um, uh, five or six uh, trauma surgeons, uh, several uh, critical care, pulmonary critical care, uh, as well as uh, small, a small sampling of general surgeons that do trauma care as well. So we are very uh, expertly poised and um, equipped to, tra- uh, to, to treat all of the critically injured in our, in our area. Uh, the, the trauma surgery uh, has evolved significantly in the past 20 years, I think, uh, from the military experience uh, going down all the way down to going back all the way down to the Korean War and to the current conflicts has really proven to uh, push the, the boundaries of, of uh, where trauma surgery has been evolved, and uh, we are right at the cusp of uh, keeping up with uh, all of those different uh, protocols and uh, and algorithms. We try to provide the best care that we can. How important is action planning for your field, Dr. Kim? As you say, gunshot wounds, stab wounds, you you can't necessarily plan for those things, but you can plan for what you will do if you encounter them. So tell us a little bit about how you go about doing that. Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, you know, trauma is not something that uh, we plan for. Uh, it is a very stressful event, especially for the injured uh, patients and their families. But we do recognize a pattern when it comes to trauma. So, for example, uh, in the winter months, we do get a significant amount of uh, elderly populations who fall, <laughs> and uh, they are <coughs> excuse me, they are on anticoagulation, and they tend to come in with uh, injuries to their uh, brains uh, due to um, uh, intracranial hemorrhage and so forth. The summer months are a little bit seasonal with uh, the hotter days and people getting all upset and shooting themselves. And so the summer months are a bit more of the penetrating uh, kind of variety uh, and uh, smattered throughout the year. Obviously, as we live so close to the major highway systems here, we do get a lot of the, the motor vehicle collision. So we do see a pattern in trauma. Sometimes it's seasonal. Uh, sometimes there is um, uh, an uptick of certain types of injuries. 
A majority of what we see here at Carl Foundational Hospital is the blunt trauma associated with falls and motor vehicle collisions. And so, uh, so we are well equipped to uh, have an action plan regarding uh, those uh, specific injury patterns. But we are able to also handle the mangled extremities and the, the penetrating trauma uh, that has been actually a bit of a, an uptick in percentage in the, over the past few years. How important are imaging decisions on trauma, and what role do they play for the physician in preoperative evaluation? Uh, well, imaging is always helpful. Uh, we don't uh, base our decision-making on whether a patient needs an operation uh, urgently based on that. So what, what I mean to say is when a patient comes in and is critically unstable from a, a blunt injury, the patient uh, will oftentimes not get any imaging study. Uh, they will probably go to the operating room and get explored and uh, have uh, uh, an operative means of controlling the hemorrhage in that way. Uh, it's, uh, imaging really comes to play when the patient is uh, rather stable and we are trying to rule out or rule in injuries that potentially could be missed. So the patient comes in with a blunt abdominal trauma uh, it, and the patient has abdominal tenderness but is otherwise hemodynamically stable. Uh, uh, we do uh, acquire the CT scans uh, fairly readily to make sure of, uh, that we don't miss a solid organ injury like a liver laceration or a splenic uh, laceration, or sometimes a hollow viscous injury like a, a small intestine perforation uh, due to uh, intra-abdominal pressure from the seatbelt. So imaging ha- has a very um, uh, big role in how we manage uh, the stable patient, usually not so much in the non-operative patient. Uh, not a non-stable patient, they usually go to the operating room and get explored. What about surgeon satisfaction? Is there a general feel in your field that technology is keeping up with the needs that you're seeing, Dr. Kim? Um, you know, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a good uh, question. As far as technology keeping up with the needs, I think um, what we're seeing here at Carl Foundation Hospital, you know, as we become more electronic in our medical record keeping and so forth, is that it does help. Uh, with us track patients better um, and even uh, even get the communication piece to be more clear and articulated as we're now typing and dictating everything now. Back in the day when we used to write notes and could uh, barely write, uh, read what, what, what the surgeon wrote, <laughs> those days are no longer here. Um, but it is important uh, for trauma surgeons to keep up to date on the, the latest technologies and what's really come to folks in the past couple of years has been the use of ultrasound. Uh, because it's low uh, tech, it's uh, it's uh, re- rather user friendly, and it's fairly accessible at bedside. So doing an ultrasound for a focused uh, sonogram exam on the abdomen, and even extending that into the chest uh, to diagnose and rule in rule out pneumothoraces has been uh, a pretty big push in the, in the last recent years. Where does disaster management and emergency preparedness fit into these updates in trauma surgery? Uh, yeah, we do live in a world where we have to, unfortunately, think about that. When we have uh, mass shootings uh, that have become altogether more commonplace, uh, we have to think about how we are, are as a facility, going to sustain a volume of patients that get injured uh, through penetrating trauma, such as uh, massive shooting, or uh, chemical burns in a big factory, uh, or, uh, you know, uh, multiple rollover. So we just never know when it's coming, and hopefully it will never come. But uh, we do have in place at Carl Foundation Hospital a mass mass casualty plan where uh, surgeons uh, who are on call or not even on call will get an alert, and they will uh, 
show up at the hospital at a, de- at a designated place, and then we'll be triaging uh, patients as they come through the door. So we do prepare for that uh, annually uh, in hopes that we'll never have to use that resource. Certainly a very good point. So as we wrap up the segment, do you feel that mentoring in trauma surgery is a good way for the new technology and new physicians to come together to practice some of the latest advances? And what do you see on the horizon, whether it is technology-based or electronic monitoring and records? Where do you see it headed, Dr. Kim? Well, uh, I, I'm not too sure about how the technology piece uh, works into uh, the mentoring aspect of it uh, when you talk about peer-to-peer, but at Cal Foundation Hospital, we do have a general surgery residency, so we are training young surgeons every day, and um, we are very involved in the mentoring piece of it, and we do use technology to uh, groom them for their future careers, so we do have a simulation lab here. Uh, we do try to keep up on uh, how to use the latest technologies in their future practice going forward. Uh, so uh, for me, the mentoring piece, and as it relates to technology, really is more geared toward the residents that uh, I have the privilege of training here. And in summary, what would you like other providers to know about updates in trauma surgery and what's going on today that's exciting for you? Uh, trauma surgery is always exciting. Uh, you never know what's coming through the door, and that's what keeps uh, me involved in trauma surgery. Uh, it's not mundane. It's not routine. Uh, every time that alert goes off my pager, I do get a rush of adrenaline. Uh, trauma surgery is also evolving. We're trying to make uh, everything as streamlined as possible so that the acutely injured can get to us as quick as possible and that uh, we can diagnose and treat also with, uh, in an expeditious way. Uh, you know, I would say um, the only thing constant in trauma is change. There are uh, always uh, different algorithms being written for specific uh, uh, trauma pathologies. So, uh, you know, the uh, updates uh, are coming uh, frequently. Uh, but it is an exciting field, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to be a part of that here. Thank you so much for being on with us today and explaining and sharing your expertise in some updates in trauma surgery. You're listening to Expert Insights with the Carl Foundation Hospital. For a listing of Carl providers and to view Carl-sponsored educational activities, please visit carlconnect.com. That's carlconnect.com. We hope the information gained will be applicable to your work and life. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.